Welcome to the Rock Your Life Show. Where questions meet answers. The profound meets the mundane. And we help you rock rock your your life. life. We are your hosts, the Vignatis. I'm Tracy. And I'm Fabrice. Well, even though we don't have a lot of leave changes and things like that, October is still one of the most amazing months. Because why? It's Halloween. (laughs) What's your costume this year? You know, I don't even know yet. I'm still kind of working it out, but we're not even going to be here, so... Oh, that's right. Yeah, we will be in Japan, but yeah, right. so we'll experience Halloween in Japan, which is going to be amazing, I'm sure. So, so looking forward to it. Hi, people. How are you? Hope welcome to Rock Your Life Show for a new edition, uh, season five. We're starting season five. Do you believe that? Episode one. Episode one of season five, and a um, little bit of business before. Yes, if you are an Apple user and you listen to Apple Podcasts, we would love for you to leave us a nice review because it helps reach more people and get that algorithm working for us. Yeah. And any questions or topics you'd like us to cover, you can always email the show at rockyourlife at thevignatis.com, which will be in the show notes as well. And follow us on your preferred platform as well. Wonderful. So let's start with a hardcore topic. Oh, boy. Oh, my but, gosh. But, but, oh, but wait, wait. It's a very common one because everybody experience um, this. Yeah, it's... Uh... So the title of this episode is a concept uh, that it's called The Four Noble Truth. That look, that's, when you hear that, you're like, whoa. Well, it's attractive. The Four Noble Truths. Truth. What are the Four Noble Truths? Well, these are... Four uh, topics that relate to suffering. So we know that there's a lot of focus and studies or emphasis, whatever, on pleasure or happiness. You see, happiness mm. is kind of, in some way, it's it's a business too. There's a lot of shirts, be happy. Happiness begins with you. You know, all of that stuff, which it does. Well, it's the essential of life. Right. It's the main important question. That is the reason what we're alive. We yes. Yeah. That part is really easy to digest, to understand. And it's a lot more pleasurable, so to speak. But let's talk about its opposite or its yang component, which is something that we all experience, Mm. but it's a lot less desirable to discuss. So how can we possibly understand what happiness is without studying and examining its opponent, so to speak, or its opposite, which is suffering. So if we don't study suffering, it's like uh, trying to treat an illness without knowing what the true root cause is. So antibiotics, it can cure, let's say, a bacterial lung infection, but with lung cancer, it's useless. Mm. So searching for happiness without understanding suffering it's probably going to end up in failure. Yeah. Well, like we said, uh, the Four Noble concept is at the original, originally is a, is a Buddhist concept. Um, so it might be a little bit difficult. Hang to, in there, please. Yeah, it might be difficult to understand, but you'll see as we go in it that you will relate the, due to the fact that it's related to suffering. Um, so for those who seek to be happy, um, or for those who are on a spiritual quest, that's a 
that's a very important topic. And there's four components uh, that are the truth to life. Not off, but truth to life. Yeah, the, that, the truths. Yeah, that's why it's called the four noble truths. So um, it isn't uh, the easiest thing to understand, but um, what Tracy and I are going to try to do our best to break it down um, and give you somehow some example. Uh, these four truths, uh, known to be true to by those who inside with insight into nature of reality, um, but they are not known to be true by ordinary being. At least is how it was presented in the Buddhist concept, or those who are unenlightened, and unenlightened meaning un um, kind of unhappy, right? Is that what it is? Yes. Yes. They're not awakened. Yeah, they're not awakened, exactly. More focusing on the darkness than, than the, the light. So um, let's get and dive into those four uh, noble truths. Okay. Well, how about first if we start with the definition of suffering? Very simple. The state of undergoing pain, distress, or hardship. So the state of undergoing. It's a state that's what it is. Number one, it's a state. So it's a fluke. It's part of other states, right? It's, it's one. It's not. And it's because it's a state means that it's temporary. Correct. That's another. And okay. pain, distress, and hardship. So three words that not all of us have experienced. Have experienced for sure. That's Whether it's physical or emotional pain, emotional distress, physical distress. And it can be physical, emotional hardship. So same. So when we're born into this world, suffering is just a fact of being born. Whether it's disease or illness or old age, some kind of decay and death, the, all of these things are suffering. So to live it, to experience pain or sorrow, physical pain, Grief, when you lose something or someone, and despair, all of these things are suffering. Not getting what we want is suffering. Think of when you were a kid and you wanted that toy and you were bawling your eyes out because you couldn't have it. You were creating suffering. Yes. And being exposed to unpleasant experiences or not experiencing the things that we want, our desires, is suffering making us sometimes wish that we were never born. And this can escalate so much to the point of suicide. And that seems to be on the rise this day, this day and age. Yes. Yes, because uh, what we uh, understand that suffering is a part of the human being. So we experience it some days more than others. We um, witness it, but we see it on a daily basis. So the, the, this first noble truth can simply be a reminder uh, that suffering happens not because you made a mistake or being punished, but just because it happens. And to understand and accept this gives energy to be able to heal rather than fighting against 
which may seem counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. Should we elaborate a little bit on this? The, um, the importance of understanding that suffering is part of happiness. You have to accept it. I think that acceptance is part of that when we're born. it's You're not going to have a life free from suffering. It will happen throughout the course of your life. Yes. And that's there's a sentence that said suffering is the raw material of happiness. But you can see that whether it's true or not, whether you accept that concept or not, bottom line, we can't dissociate one to the other one. Right. And it's a fact of life. So this is why it's called the first noble truth. So, number two, the cause of suffering. What actually causes suffering? Well, this is very simple, and it might take you a minute to grasp the concept. What causes suffering? Attachment. The easiest way to understand this is the attachment to our desires or our cravings, selfish cravings. Things we want. Yeah, it can be anything. I mean, absolutely anything. It's um, it's that the pleasures of our five senses, when you think about it, it's, you know, your, your sight, your smell, your taste, touch, and hearing, and your body and your mind. So all of your five senses, the body and the mind, collectively when based on earthly desires or selfish cravings can lead to suffering. It can be the cause. So even the craving of a higher existence or a continued existence or something immaterial, if you're seeking enlightenment, if it's, it becomes this obsession, it can be anything that involves a craving can lead you to that suffering. And to not know this, <laughs> here's where it can go south. It leads to an ego-based attitude. And you're going to become consumed with negligence and hatred, mm. arrogance inflates. You start to despise other people. And it can also lead to destructive behavior to others and to yourself. And there's a lot of other ones out there. But th this is just to name a few like arrogance and negligence, holding grudges, refusing to believe truth. So within the suffering, there's always an element of wanting. No matter what that suffering is, there's a want. If you want to be pain-free and you're attached to that outcome, that's the attachment. It's that wanting, that self, because I don't want to feel this pain anymore. Yeah. So it's very, I know it's, it's really difficult sometimes. Well, of course we want to be out of pain. Well, of course we do want to be out of pain, but it's it's not that. It's the attachment to the outcome. So it's that wanting something to be different than what it is. And pain arises on its own, and unfortunately it's not avoidable. So we become consumed with this and self-absorbed and somewhat victimize ourselves. Yeah. Um, you said uh, the pleasure of the five senses and, and mainly the mind. And that's where I think suffering is really where it's happening. Uh, again, we're talking about happiness here. We're not talking about physical pain. So well, in, it can be both, which yes, leads to your unhappiness. But it's all kinds of pain for sure. and suffering. But that w the main 
pain here we're talking about suffering is the is the suffering that happens into the mind which we um well that's where the decisions are yeah made. we stay on that i notice we stay on that and the mind creates a lot of delusion delusion illusion is another one that creates suffering and once we stick to our illusion of things we believe is true and it's not or things we believe that we we need but or we want but actually is there's better things that we need that's different want and the need but the mind by itself is where it's tricky because the mind doesn't really exist and uh, and, and but it does but exist. it does exist you know that buddhist thing it is but it isn't it, it is but it isn't so yes and no so maybe 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 there's the correlation here with suffering is that maybe we see it as suffering but it's not suffering and then or maybe we see it as happiness and it's in the form that happiness turns into suffering it, it's very complex mm -hmm. how to do it. And the, but the causes are certainly, uh, uh, I agree with that one that you said, one of the main, main is the attachment because the attachment lead to grief. And so it's, yeah. well, but sometimes as well, you know, um, noticing how in, uh, unnecessary it is to suffer. It is to suffer. It, it, it is a catalyst to transforming that suffering. Right, hmm. and, and however, sometimes we feel it's important to hold on to it, mm -hmm. and we hold on to it usually why? Because it's out of guilt, or it could be victimization, or a number of other reasons. But those are the two main ones that mm -hmm. comes to mind: the guilt and the victimization. Yeah, yeah. self self deprecation, more. And if it feel if it feels too far away, it's way easier to give in to the habit of suffering. Ah, habit the of habit suffering. of suffering. Because people, we all of us can get locked into routines and habits. We all have a habit. Think of one habit that you know of. Now, try to break that habit. It takes twenty one days to change a habit. 21 days. 21 days. Wow. That's why New Year's resolutions fail. People don't give it enough time and they don't reinforce it. But the habit of suffering, it's easier just to do that. Everyone knows someone like this in their lives. You may be that person. So complacent, I mean, enjoying the... I wouldn't say it's enjoying, I mean, it's just familiar. Yeah, that's right. You get yeah. familiar to the, the suffering and you said, well, this is what... Although there's nothing wrong with going through the suffering, and I would not say, okay, enjoying it, that's a big word, but I'm saying tolerate it. Tolerating. Yeah, yes. tolerating the suffering, which you have to, because sometimes you can't escape it. You just have to go through it. It's what you do with it and while you are in it. But the in Buddhism, you don't want to manage your suffering. You want to transform your suffering. Correct. We will get to that later. Yes, However, That's a I very just wanted to point. mention that. But it can become like a cycle. You yeah. know, it, something, you have some suffering. I'm going to victimize myself. The habit of me staying in that place. And then I'm anchored there. And hopefully people will come and give me attention. Yes. Everyone knows someone like this, you know. Yeah, it's true. Because we suffer when we believe something that runs counter to what actually is. Yeah, That's the reality. The reality, Exactly. Yes. Like trying to teach a fish to run a marathon. I mean... That's absurd. Yeah. Uh, it's an absurd one, but it's 
it's over I mean, the top I got the long. visual with that, and I'm just like, that's really weird. Yeah. Fish trying to run a marathon, yeah. <laughs> and it's absurd. Of course, it's over-exaggerated, but it's a truth. So if you, you know, what is that? Putting a, a square peg. In, a square peg into a round hole. Yeah, it's exactly. never going to fit. That's yeah. why they have those little kid things. You know, those little puzzles for little kids. Yeah. Square peg and round hole and stuff. Anyway. So, so the cause of suffering is really important. And of course, it's related to what? Cause and effect. Mm-hmm. So the cause, there's a cause of suffering. A thought, word, or an action. Exactly. Yeah. And you can see it's related yes. to the mind. Okay, number three, the cessation of suffering or the stopping of suffering. This is the eradication of your selfish, selfish cravings or detachment. So the goal here would be to work toward a mind that's open Openness leads toward detachment from your cravings so that they go bye-bye. There come the mind again. Yeah. It's all about the mind, baby. But that also doesn't mean don't enjoy the fruits of your labor, like the nice house, the car, the career. It doesn't mean that you can't want those things. No. But we're talking about the attachment to those things, the attachment, that preoccupation, that egoistic reason for Mm. wanting those things. What is the reason? What is the intention behind that? It's so easy to give into our cravings, whether it be food. It's like, okay, you want to drop weight, become healthier, whatever it is. But you give into the craving of having Uber Eats deliver that pizza. Or you want that extra pair of shoes. Or why does that guy not like me? Or you want control over this, whatever it is. So once you recognize that, that you know you need to eradicate in order for this kind of suffering and this preoccupation with this, you want to take small steps toward that. So I'd like you to think of an example where you've lost the desire to do something, something that you may have been obsessed with before that caused you a lot of pain, but you still had to do it. So it happens to other living beings, not only human beings, where there's that desire, that obsession with something that creates pain. It happens to dogs. Look at the little doggy who you adopt a doggy and everything is great, but then you find out he or she has separation anxiety. But with the correct reinforcement, comfort, safety, all of this positivity is introduced to the dog and some correct training then you will, in the long run, be able to keep your sofa cushions. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's about it's a matter of keeping your mind open because openness leads to an open life. Yeah, uh, I can't really uh, the the title saying the cessation of uh, suffering brings to me in mind that when you. You can't really stop. Uh, you, you want to stop the suffering. I mean, that's the first thing you fuck. When you're suffering, first thing you do is like, I need to get out of this. Yeah. First steps. That's the first step. How can I get out of it? In any way, in any shape, in any form. I, you know, you found your way out. But this vulnerable truth tells you that it is not the way of doing it. It is more of r- looking at the root right away at the roots of this suffering the cause 
which was number two, the cause of that suffering. So you're going to try to stop it. You're going to try to avoid it. Um, but it's not going to go away. It's not. It's not unless you face face it on and you basically admit and embrace that you are at this moment suffering. If you focus on the um, if you focus on the um, cause more than the fact of the suffering itself, you're already half victory. Yeah. So when the mind is open, yeah. Like you said, you know, it's much easier to release that suffering. Um, the, the, this idea of negating uh, suffering is going to be somehow a guide for us. And you can even be forced to embrace it. Not enjoying it, big difference, but to embrace it. This possibility with what? Simply an open mind, again, another game of mind. This is the mind that control whether you're suffering from that suffering or you're going to uh, get out of that suffering. So think of a time you experienced uh, that was free from suffering, mm. you know, or, or kind of easy to forget them and ignore those moments. Yeah, I mean, think of when things are smooth sailing, you don't really think about them. You don't think of suffering, actually. No. Think about when you're happy. Do you think of suffering? No, you don't. Well, it's easy to forget the free moments too. Yeah. The, of of the suffering free moments. Yeah. But when it, but 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 the op again the the openness of the mind, as a strict strict and I say the word strict, repercussion on how you free yourself from that suffering. Mm -hmm. It's funny though how people, uh, myself included, all of us. We can recall in detail the moments where we've suffered the most, like a film. I agree with you. Like, like I've got the script in front of me, you yeah. could read it. It's true. But it's a matter of not being attached to that and recalling that. The more that you recall that, the more that you pay attention to that, the more of what you're going to, like the law of attraction, the law of the universe, you're going to attract that. So it's a matter of wanting to be open enough to be able to switch that off and focus on how to eradicate these self this attachment. Yeah, because there's a fine line. Again, we're not talking about enjoying suffering. It's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you go through the suffering. No, no, no. We're not having cocktail parties because we're suffering. Exactly. No. Uh, but we are talking. It's. I mean, for me, I related to that when I'm suffering, I. I, if I spend my energy suffering, I rather spend my energy of finding out the reason why I suffer. Mm -hmm. And so it already, already I, there's a process right there. I, I'm, in, I'm already putting in motion a process of saying to myself, okay, here I'm suffering right now. And I'm suffering because of that happened. Okay, now, why this happened? And... I'm thinking of that and I'm trying to take a moment back to say, well, what was the cause of that suffering? How did it come to me? What did I do to create that uh, uh, suffering or that person to create suffering to me or that attachment? 
because we're talking about attachment. So how, how, where, when, what can I change? See, that's already a, a, a situation where you like suffering, but you're already trying to get out of it, which is already a way to turn that suffering into happiness. It's interesting that I have to bring this up. And these are two different perspectives on the suffering. And I'm going to relate it to physical because I know two people who have been through this. My father's wife is riddled with all kinds of this, that, and the other. I think a lot of it is mental. But yes, there's physical and lots of complaints, but won't take the actions of therapies, et cetera, to address those things. I think it's just easier out of habit, as we mentioned in the second step, that it's just easier to do that. I get more attention, more egocentric driven. Now, and she's still alive. We had a friend during the lockdown who had worked in, there was a lot of woodwork and beautiful ironwork of candle things outside, but there, so there was a lot of chemicals in the shop. Well, she ended up getting emphysema and a couple of other lung diseases during that time. And it was COVID, so we couldn't even see her. She knew she was dying. And she honestly could not have cared less. She was so happy. She did not allow that to ruin her last days. She was just nothing but joy. So yeah. it's really all in how you look at She was not attached to the suffering and the outcome and trying to change what it is that it was the reality. Yes, it's a good... It's Bless a good, your heart, Lila, we miss you. Yeah, it's a good example. Um, the other part of the cessation of the suffering is that there's a tricky part here because as human being, there's some suffering we can't escape. Right. The birth, uh, the death. death, and then of course in the middle, aging and sickness. Now, these are inevitable suffering. So obviously, right off the bat, when we come here, bam, there's a part, there's a suffering factor of uh, birth, giving birth. But then you get sick or you get older and then you uh, ultimately you pass on. So how are we going to be escaping this cessation of suffering? We can't. We can't only transform it. And that is the best way to approach. To That's how Tracy and, and, and me are approaching life due to our basically Buddhist practice, but we're not trying to avoid suffering, but we are trying to transform it. And it's making the best of the time that you have here. If you know these things are going to happen anyway, let's make the best out of what's here. Now, I have to say, I have not always been this way. Oh, it's, me too. It's only until... It takes works. This... It takes work. Practice has opened my mind and the openness of the mind and of the spirit is what's allowed me to change my thinking my yeah. viewpoints so i no longer look at it that way i look at the time that i have on this planet in this lifetime i'm going to maximize it and do the greatest good that i possibly can yeah and if you look at it it's like a, a some kind of a, a hard drive you have you know when you look how much space you have on your hard drive 
and you see it's all red at 75%, that's maybe your life, and then you look, and you see the compartmentation of the photos, the, you know, I'm giving the analogy of yeah. the, and you see 25% is photo, 25% is movies, but that's the same with life, if you think about it. It's just important to not avoid it. You can avoid suffering, but you, you can turn that suffering into happiness. You can, like she said, you're here for a certain period of time. And so your mind is going to be the trick that's going to say, oh, I need to suffer. I need to suffer. Oh, I feel good suffer. Oh, I'm a victim. Oh, no. But basically, trans, instead of spending the time on staying on that a particular set of mind, I think it's better to say, well, it's going to happen anyway. How about I, I educate myself how to transform it? When you're having that kind of day where you're suffering, something didn't happen that you wanted to happen, whatever the case may be, and you are just feeling like it's the most biggest victim, pity party, table for one type thing. When I get in that momentary, it's very very short, I will see someone who is so much less fortunate than me. I'll see someone in a wheelchair or someone who's physically suffering just in passing. And that gives me a reality check that, girl, you do not have it that bad. Oh, I can give you an experience that happens to me like yeah, uh, two, yesterday or two days ago. I was, we were fixing the cuckoo clock and I was at the shop and I was outside waiting in line. And here comes a friend of mine who is sick and have cancer. And I didn't have a great day. So I could go into that suffering. Was it a table for one type situation? Yeah, no, Pity I was, party? No, yeah. it was not that bad. Okay. But I was at the, I was knocking on the door of the party. Okay. Okay. And I was like, you know, there was a certain form of struggle internal that was showing up. I'm like, there they are. Uh-huh. They're showing Good up. Times. Good times. Good times. And then this, I see my friend and she comes to me and she said, I can't hug you. Of course, because she's sick and she has cancer. And I said, how are you? And she said, I'm still here. And she had it. Don't know for how long. Bye. Oh, boy. It was that brief. That was so fast that mm-hmm. I'm like, it was kind of like, whoa. Okay, there you slap in your face. Snap out. That's it. There we go. See? Exactly what you were saying. Yeah. Somehow I got remember that, whoa, that's real suffering. Okay? You don't know how long you're here. You know, you know you're dealing. Anyway, I'm not going to expand on that, but that was an example of how, yeah. you know, sometimes le- listen, look around you, found a way to exit that suffering. And that be cessation. open. That was a message. That's yes, a message for definitely. you. So if we can avoid it, how about we transform it? Sounds good to me. Okay. So. What is it called? Let's look at the last, the fourth of the noble truths. The middle way or the noble eightfold path. This is the path that leads to the cessation of suffering. This is sort of like a uh, your instructions from Google Maps uh, by the discipline of following this eightfold path. Um, we actually covered this we did, yeah. in an episode called The Eight Errors back in May of um, this year of, of 2023. And those are the right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, 
right mindfulness and right concentration or meditation. So you can refer to that episode. But this eightfold path is daily life. Everyone's lives are made up of these eight paths. And daily life is what awakens us to this path. It's not a bunch of ritualistic performances that people may do. You know, you can burn this and that. You can sit under here and blah, blah, blah. It's just very simple. Daily life is that is day-to-day life is these eight, those eight. And it can be separated. We should not separate from it. No, 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 no. And life just life itself is the means to that path. So we we don't have to wait for perfect circumstances. And this middle way, it's a path that bypasses or transforms, uh, transcends extremes, like the polar extremes. So there are several definitions that you'll see throughout Buddhist history, but let, I'm going to keep it simple. And just say that it's a midpoint between self-indulgence and self-mortification. So this midpoint, it leads to liberation, peace, and even enlightenment. So it's walking that middle path right down the center. Yeah, you you talk about the the, the two words that come to mind is when you explain the middle way. And... um, there's a Buddhist scripture, uh, scripture called uh, On Attaining Enlightenment in This Lifetime. And uh, as you know, people, me and Tracy, practice this Buddhism, which I think I'm um, And basically, when you, you, so many people, when I tell them, oh, you, you ask them, are you Buddhist? And they said, oh, what are you doing? I said, I chant Nam Myoho Rengekyo. They ask me the definition. But I, I always try to tell them that, uh, be, beside between too technical, I, I try to explain exactly what you were saying, the middle way, which is that um, the mind, the work of the mind, because um, people think Buddhism that they are, you, you're just under the tree and then you're meditating, which is true. But this type of Buddhism we practice is a little bit different. So in this scripture, this scripture, scripture he explained that the mind cannot be quote the the mind cannot be considered either to exist nor to not exist or to not exist. Life is indeed an elusive reality that transcends both the words of concept of existence and non-existence. You could replace that by happiness and suffering. It is neither existence nor nor non-existence. So basically, when you're in the state of suffering, it is not happiness, it is not suffering. It's just your mind that is referring to suffering because of your attachment. It's making a choice. That's right. To go which way. Exactly. And he carried on. He said, um, it is, quote, it is the mystic entity of the middle way. There it comes, the middle way. That is the ultimate reality. And then he carries you on because of the, 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 the word Damyo Rengikyo, what we do. It, is, it, it gets a little bit technical and he said, yeah, the word Myo means the mystic part of life and how it's manifestation. But bottom line, you can see the middle way 
is the way of thinking that neither the suffering exists, neither the um, um, happiness exists, but it is, instead it's that middle way where whether one happened or not, you don't get influenced by it and you carry on basing your life on uh, the fabulous law, or universal law, which is the law of cause and effect, which um, I live by and you live by and we train ourselves to do that. But um, it, is a, it is very interesting to the fact that um, the word right, that's what's important, and, and understand the concept right. Yeah, let's, let's talk about the word. Let's address the word right and understand what it means. So Yeah, the, the usual or normal definition of right leads to um, the mind uh, to fixate on a mindset of judgment. Exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, like right from wrong, as if there's only one way to do something. Exactly. Otherwise, if it's wrong, you're being judged. So... If someone is leading, let's say, someone is leading a not-so-wholesome kind of life, they are easily anchored to darker things like fear and doubt, yeah. suspicious of people, etc. And it, it it's making that freedom, that mental freedom, yeah. near impossible. It locks you out. It locks yeah. you in. Yeah. For it, sure. It's like a prison. Yeah. So virtuosity can uh, it frees us from those kinds of things of hatred and fear and doubt and etc so i believe that when you have a strong moral compass or you're doing things for the greater good it's a tool to work toward or to to cultivate an ethical mm. life yeah yeah you know or, or leading a virtuous uh, virtuous life um as well liberates the mind from uh, this Suffering concept like hate, fear, or doubt, which are the three principal ones. I have to bring something up here. Okay. The show Pit Bulls and Parolis. Mm -hmm. The people that may not have lived such a wholesome life in their past, it put them in prison. Now they're on parole and they're able mm -hmm. to interact and find a different way of life. So they're living now with, with virtuous uh, a virtuous path where they're like, oh my God, these dogs are amazing. And there have been times where I have been in tears when I watch these people who may have had a rough start in life. Hmm. And you see that these rescue dogs are up for adoption. So please adopt, don't shop. Had to get that hashtag adopt, don't shop. Had to get that in there. But when you see that they are living toward doing something outside of themselves, you see that these people can revolutionize their lives and own corporations and become successful and contribute to society yeah. and leave all of that crap behind. It's just, it's just amazing to see that. Yeah. And then their mind becomes more open. They're like, Oh, if I do something like this, I feel lighter. I feel better. So it's all of those little steps that I'd mentioned earlier. It's taking the little steps to propel you forward. Yes. And, 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 and with the focus of, of not, uh, that it's not about the judgment and, and, and the right way, um, but instead it's it's the it's more of it. I would add it's more of it the finding of ways to be upright in our thoughts, words, and action. Exactly, almost like always, having a purpose. Correct for something else. So when I see these people have this purpose and they're interacting with the dogs, and then it's 
they start to walk upright and they're like, I don't want to do this crap it was anymore. The, yeah, the declick, yeah, that's what it is. It's incredible. And you know, the funny thing is you get, when you experience that and you, it's different for everybody and I understand that, but I think the, the point is to the, we always want to improve no matter where we are. Oh, yeah. So, and I see it when in the lives of those people and it's, you can't really give it, there's no recipe for it, but when you feel it, you'll know it. Oh, for sure. You're, oh yeah, yes, yes. You just know it. But you can see that in, in, in this fourth noble truth, you can see how paradoxical and how confusing is the fine line between the suffering and, and, the, and, the, and the happiness and how the declick or something that could switch you to the other side. The focus it requires too. Yeah. Of educating yourself to find the right way to exit the suffering. And remember that no man or woman is an island. So it does take a village to raise a child. Yeah. This applies for everything. And this fourth noble path is also referred to as the, the path of joy. So the mm -hmm. pit bull and paroles, to me, that is just a path of joy. And it, it's, Ah, it just makes me want to turn cartwheels. I won't. But and we, it makes and we me call it, and that's why we call it the middle way, because it's not really focusing on happiness. It's not really focusing on suffering. It's the middle way, where one and, the, and they all mix together. It's a mishmash of the suffering and the happiness. It's it's as the potential. Into the suffering, there's the potential of happiness, and into the happiness, there's the potential of suffering. You know, it depends what cause. It's the same with cause. There's a cause that can lead to happiness. There's a cause that can lead to suffering. There's the both potential in it. And I think once you feel that, then you want more of it. And you want, that's yeah. something that you work toward. Now, mind you, there's no obligation or duty to work toward this. And there's no <laughs> need to, to force yourself into it. I think you just allow yeah. it to unfold. Yeah, it should be a natural process. Yeah. But as well, it has a lot of uh, self-discipline on training yourself, which we've been, you and me, doing for years. To break the habit Correct. of wanting to stay into suffering. Exactly. Yeah. To break, that's the good one, to break mm -hmm. the habit. So, Okay, it's a cool one. The middle way is a cool one, the fourth one, yeah, definitely. Um, so let's, a few things to keep in mind as a conclusion for this episode of the uh, base media uh, related to suffering, but titled The Fourth Noble Truth. Number one, um, remember that nothing lasts forever. Yeah, everything has a shelf life, just like, you know. And not even suffering. No. So Everything has a beginning, everything has an end. Exactly. So when you're into the world of suffering, when you're suffering, know that there's going to be an end of it. So important to keep that in mind. And then um, there is, a, again, let's go back to this um, uh, monk in the 12th century called Nietzsche and Daishonin, who wrote in... The, um, um, the same book that I read uh, uh, 10 minutes from now, 10 minutes. Um, he wrote a quote about the suffer, suffering and enjoying. And the quote goes uh, as follows. Quote, suffer what there is to suffer, enjoy where there, what there is to enjoy. Regard both suffering and joy as a fact of life. And this, this guy's name is Nietzsche Daishonin. So let's a little bit stay a second on that. 
suffer what there is to suffer, boom, you can't absolutely avoid it. Enjoy what there is to enjoy. Whoop, you can see, same joy get treated the same as suffering. But then he said, the trick, he said, regard both suffering and joy as a fact of life. There we go. It's more a fact than it is a feeling, than it is a perception. It's a perception. There's another. I wanted to mention something else here. There's a Japanese term. It's called hendoku iaku. And that means to change poison into medicine. Which I think we did a, a podcast on that too. I maybe so, yes, we did. Yeah, I we don't did. remember the month, but it, it's in one of the green ones, I think. Anyway. Because the, the greatest sufferings and problems can be transformed into big sources of wisdom and happiness and joy. So even the mundane moments in life that we experience, like those bickering or arguing with your family or you're stressed out in traffic or in uh, Fabrice's case, lost your cell phone on the freeway. Um, that's a whole other episode. Ask yourself if there is suffering in those moments. And these may be moments we're reminded that we have the choice to not choose suffering. Oh, think about that sentence. You have the choice to not choose suffering yeah that's kind of heady but wow. think about it yeah do you want to feel stressed out or do you want to just deal with it it happened that's why years ago i used to see some people why aren't you reacting to this and maybe they are they're like it's already resolved in my head you know oh. some people they seem mellow uh -uh. yeah for sure your brother's that way oh my sister-in-law stoic. stoic and i'm like dude i'm freaking out yeah Normal like even we're in we're in Lyon and I had an issue with my instrument. Yeah. We had a gig that night. One of the pads, you know, uh, took a dump and then uh, I needed to get the pad fixed. And I am in an utter panic. I'm in Lyon. I didn't know where the woodwind shop is. Blah, blah. And your friends all about having lunch at noon. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I got to get my horn fixed. Yeah. And he was like, that's OK. It's OK. We'll get it fixed. Yeah. And we did get it fixed. So maybe he was a little more ahead of that than me. Yeah. I don't know. But. That's an choose, example. Choose to not I suffer. chose to suffer in that moment. Yeah, I chose to chose. have my default setting take over. But no matter what, um, we have a choice over that. So you can't force this. I think it's going to happen through osmosis. The more that you open your mind, you're going to allow these things to be introduced to you. So you have to allow the joy yeah. to come in and inspire you forward. Yeah, the, 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 simply transforming that suffering and let the joy taking over that suffering believe that the joy will enter so that you can have another option yeah yeah because yeah for sure because it's no, nothing lasts forever so uh, but yeah when we when we're in it we don't see these options we yeah. don't and that's where we train ourselves um to recognize them but just remember it's a choice yeah it's a choice for the greater good and that's why these are called noble. Okay, very cool. Fantastic uh, uh, topic. Yeah, I can I, relate to that one 100%. Yeah, I hope uh, let us know if you have any questions or, you know, we're open to answering any kind of emails, like getting emails. It's fun. Thank you for listening. Um, let's go to the uh, fun fact. Oh, yes, yeah, since we will be in Japan at the end of the month. Then let's do What's a fun, our fun fact? Let's do a fun fact about Japan. 
In Japan, we are allowed to take naps on the job. They are encouraged as they believe it improves workflow and speed. It's also considered a sign that you are dedicated to your work. Love well, this. I tell you what, then there must be a lot of people that are dedicated to their jobs in America. That's I didn't that's a good one. Wow. All right, what about the spotlight? Oh my gosh, I should have spotlighted this a lot sooner. So, yes, I love coffee. I do a little bit in the mornings. It has to be before 11 a.m. And I do like a little sweetness. However, with intermittent fasting, you can't have sugar. So I had to find a substitute that actually tasted good. And stevia is not so much for me. I'll use it in certain things. However, a diabetic friend of mine had turned me on to, uh, several years ago, to monk fruit sugar. And I'm it doesn't spike your sugar. You're not going to break your fast. It tastes like sugar. It doesn't have an aftertaste. It's sweet. It's fantastic. However, it's really expensive. So I only use it for coffee. You can use it for baking and stuff like that. But I just love it. And I'm just so happy to have found it. So if you're watching if, or if you are pre-diabetic or diabetic, which I'm not, I just want to do the intermittent fasting thing, get yourself some monk fruit sugar. It comes in three forms. I've seen the fake kind of brown color, the white color, and even powdered. Yeah. I saw that. Amazing. We get it at Sprout. So we get it. It's great place. You can get it anywhere. You can get it yeah. online. You can get it on Amazon. It's fantastic. Uh, Most people have it. Substitution for sure. How about... The quote. The quote. Yeah. Let's do a quote. Okay. You have one? I do. To live is to suffer. To survive is to find some meaning in the suffering. End quote. Does anyone know who that was? Dun, dun, dun. Frederick Nietzsche. Amazing. It's true what he says. Huh? Yeah, I used to love reading about him in college. It's tough. Reading his work. It's tough to do what he says. Mm -hmm. There you are. Well, I hope that uh, uh, we uh, help you uh, a little bit along that uh, whatever suffering you're going through. Uh, we hope. Maybe you suffered through this episode. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you suffer through exactly the pain. Of, maybe you can. Now you don't. We don't. You can. You're you, like middle way, middle way. That was suffering. That was <laughs> Sorry. And you're like, I got to find some happiness now that I listen to Stu Yahoo. So, you know, anyway. So thank you for listening. Um, Remember to follow us on your preferred platform. And if you are an Apple user, please leave us a review. That would be super duper helpful. And we will see you in November. Remember, we are here to help you rock your life. Say them with a happy smile. Hola, bonjour.